newspapers, but they were placed in inconspicuous places, adding insult to injury by abbreviating and misspelling his name. He made the acquaintance of Esther Hattelbach, a most interesting woman, a well-educated former teacher of distinguished family who lived in Brighton Beach. Dr. Arswanger, a widower, fell in love with her almost at their first meeting, and there was already talk of their getting married when Esther suddenly announced that she was preparing to marry a certain Morris Plotkin, a wealthy former furrier. Parting with Allswanger, Esther had told him, I'm very sorry, Dr. Allswanger, but I'm tired of spiritual people. With spirit alone, my dear doctor, one cannot pay the rent. Allswanger was forced to admit that this was undeniable. He had problems with his own rent. He was staying at a downtown hotel on Broadway, which cost only $3 a day, but when one had nothing, three dollars was a large sum. He was now looking for a furnished room in someone else's home, which might cost him less, or perhaps he might get room and board in exchange for giving Hebrew lessons. Other than that, Dr. Aswanger devoted himself wholly to his system of psychoanalysis, carrying about with him letters and newspaper cuttings, attesting to his having helped a great many neurotic people in Palestine for whom no other method had worked. His therapy consisted of studying aloud with the sick. They discussed traditional moral legends and tales and selected Hasidic writings, and he instructed them in techniques to build self-discipline and willpower. However, in the first place, as a tourist, he was not permitted to take any gainful employment in America. In the second place, who knew of him here? He merely had a bad reputation. That Boris Makava had generously invited him to his seder had given Alswang a renewed hope. New possibilities opened up. Perhaps he might meet some rich and influential people there, or even a woman he found attractive. But one couldn't go to a Seder in America empty-handed without some sort of gift. The welcome invitation demanded unwelcome expense. Since Dr. Aswanger had a mane of black hair which he wore in the Polish style, his sideburns and mustache had to be trimmed, so he went to a barber for a shave and a haircut. His dinner suit was creased and had to be sent out for pressing after he had removed a spot on his right lapel with an entire bottle of stain remover especially purchased for the purpose. At a florist, he bought a bouquet of roses for Madame Macaver, but he picked them up too early and had to keep them fresh in a glass of water in his wash basin. He had learned English in Palestine and had even read Oscar Wilde's The Portrait of Dorian Gray in the original, but here in New York he could never make himself understood. Consequently, his stay in America had driven him into petty-mindedness and depression. He bumbled about, got lost, sweated, stammered, stared people in the face to make sure they were not laughing at him. On the eve of Passover, the weather suddenly turned as stiflingly hot as if it were midsummer, and his suit hung on him like a dead weight. Nevertheless, at dusk he was finally ready to prepare for the Seder. He took a hot bath in the bathroom down the hall where someone had left a piece of soap, so he was able to lather and scrub himself. Returning to his room, he made a mistake, as always, and stumbled into the room opposite, whose occupant directed him to the right room with unusually little unpleasantness. Dr. Alswanger dressed and sighed. He stood in front of the mirror on the closet door and looked at himself. In Palestine, it had never occurred to him that he was short. On the contrary, he had always regarded himself as of average height, but here, among the American giants, he was acutely aware not only of his smallness, but of all his other physical disadvantages. He had grown not in height, but in breadth, had a large head, broad shoulders, short legs. 
on the ship from Haifa to Marseille and then from Marseille to New York. They had provided generous meals, and Dr. Arswanger had put on a great deal of weight, and now his dinner suit could no longer be buttoned up. His shirt collars were too tight, and even his shoes pinched his feet. Around six o'clock, Dr. Arswanger completed his toilet. He elegantly covered his shoes with spats, donned his broad-brimmed black hat, took up the bouquet of roses, which had already started to wilt, and went down in the elevator. Like himself, Boris Makova lived on Broadway, but uptown, not downtown. So while it was indeed the same street, to get there he had to take the subway. And as though one train were not bad enough, he had to change lines. Alswang had asked directions, but everyone had given him different information. One had advised taking the BMT, another the IRT. A third suggested he go to 8th Street, and a fourth to 14th Street. Dr. Alswanger elected to walk to 14th Street. He had spent